HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Explore Ithaca's waterfalls, orchards, and craft beverage scene. Plan your getaway at visitithaca.com. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt, a man on a never-ending search for the perfect pizza. This show is the audio version of the Pizza Talk YouTube series, where I engage in interesting conversations with some of the country's greatest pizza makers and other artisans. Thanks for joining me on this quest. Welcome to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt with another episode. And here today, I am with Leah Skirto from Windsor, California. And for those of you who don't know where Windsor is, many of you do, of course, but for those who don't, I'm going to let Leah tell you, but it's my old stomping grounds. And so I'm excited to be with Leah, who is uh, for the last two years has been operating one of the hot pizzerias in the country. Uh, and we're going to talk about Pizza Leah right now. Leah Skirter, welcome to Pizza Quest. Hi, Peter. Thank you so much. Sure. So you are in Windsor. Let's, for the benefit of those few people who don't know what where Windsor is, <laughs> let, why don't you tell, tell us where it is and how you ended up there? So Windsor, it, actually one of the less known cities up here, but I'm in Sonoma County which is about an hour north of San Francisco, um, surrounded by wineries and vineyards and uh, agriculture, fresh produce. Um, It's a beautiful place to live, beautiful place to own a restaurant. So Windsor is kind of smack dab. It's just the next town north of Santa Rosa. Um, Most people know Santa Rosa better than the- Right, I think of when I lived there, I used to think of Windsor as just an extension of Santa Rosa. It was like you you continue, you know, up up whatever it was, Redwood Highway or whatever the road was that ran parallel to 101. And in a few minutes you were in Windsor. But exactly. When I, but when I lived there and I've been out of Sonoma County for you know over 20 years now, almost almost 25 years. Um, Windsor was just a place on a map. I mean, there was there were wineries and there was beautiful countryside there, but I don't remember there being an actual town of Windsor. Is that a new phenomenon? Yeah, it's, it is newer. I mean, it's always been a town of Windsor, uh, as far as I've known. Um, you know, when I was a, a kid, it was where the water slides were. Oh, anybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody like San Francisco, Marin County people would come to, to Windsor to go to the water park. 
Uh, um, that's that's yes, I remember that. The yeah. Windsor okay. Waterworks. Yes, the Windsor Waterworks. <laughs> right, right, right. There's so, actually a, a brewery up here now, Cooperage, that does an uh, an, an ode to the Windsor Waterworks, and the, it's an uh, a pale ale called "You're Gonna Get Wet." <laughs> do they do they have some water slides there for old time thing? <laughs> they should, right? At least they some slides. They're missing a great opportunity. <laughs> if there was if there was actual water up there, yeah. which is right now, but you know, a big a big scary problem. Yeah, it's true. You, but Windsor's really grown. There's a big town green now. Um a lot of families are living around around the area. There's, uh, you know, they got Thursday night concerts at the town green. Um, Tuesday nights they do movie night, family movie night. Um, so it's it's really incredible how far and how how much um, Windsor has grown. Yeah, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, it really felt like it was a happening village, a happening yeah. small town, uh, and almost a throwback kind of town. And and a beautiful town square area where where Pizza Lia is located, surrounded by some other nice shops. Oliver's Market, which is always one of the most popular markets. Oh, yeah. I didn't know there was an Oliver's Market in Windsor. We used to go to the one in Cotati, but uh, Oliver's Market's a great you know upscale gourmet market and uh, uh, and lots of other cool places and things going on there. Um, so the town has come alive, and you're yeah. kind of at the center of it. Um, but and. And and I was there. I was out a couple weeks ago for some other thing. I knew, and we planned this, um, you know, months before. Um, uh, our friends John Ash and Steve Garner, who have a wonderful radio show, a weekly oldest oldest uh, radio food radio show in the country. I think they've been doing it for thirty five really forty in the years. In the country, well, I think it, they say west of the Mississippi because there may be one person east of the Mississippi who's done it a year <laughs> longer than them. But they've been on continuously and. And when I lived out there, I was a regular guest and still try to get on whenever I can. And they're wonderful. And so um, uh, we had planned to come up to Pizza Lea because they had you on their show. And I'd been reading about you and hearing about you and knew that, you know, when, next time I got out there, I was going to come up and, and experience it for myself. And we did. We, we, we put a little group together and, um, and, and John Ash and I and a couple of other people came up and you put out a feast of pizzas uh, for us that, you know, we were kind of like our jaws were dropping. Uh, and, and, and I'll just say this one thing, and then I want you to describe some of, some of your sort of signature pizzas. Um, yeah. The first one you brought out was the simplest of all the pizzas. It was, I think it was, I don't know if it was, a, I can't remember if you called it, a, it was just sauce and cheese or what it was, but it was a basically a basic sauce and cheese pizza. And I have to say that set the stage because Still, of all the ones, of all the other pizzas that came that we loved, that was still my favorite. It just oh, kind good. of like the flavors just popped, you know. And so so tell us a little bit about, number one, how you got into pizza your and your vision of it, your philosophy about pizza. And, and because you're you're into competitions now, you're, you're getting na- uh, international, you know, cl- acclaim. So how did this all happen for you? Um, you know, it all started just... 18 years old, I needed a job. I was at, in college at UC Santa Cruz and walked into a pizzeria to, to get a job. Um, you know, I've told this story a few times, but it, um, I always bring it back to that uh, nostalgia of childhood nostalgia of why I walked into a pizzeria instead of going to any of the other restaurants. And uh-huh. I, it was going to be a restaurant that I got a job at. Yeah, my whole family's been in restaurants. My I grew, basically grew up in a restaurant up in Tahoe. My dad owned a Mexican restaurant called um, ah. Cantina Los Tres Hombres, and my brother and I basically grew up 
at the restaurant. My parents would close it down and we'd be sleeping in the booths after the dining room closed. We'd be in playing video games, you know, all night long and taking, you know, going up to the bar and the bartender would give us quarters. Yeah. <laughs> so you the were, restaurant. You were destined for the restaurant. Yeah. I, is, and is and you, a, my dad told name, me. Is your name, are you partly Italian and partly Mexican? Is that your yeah, heritage? Exactly. So, again, destined for food. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and my dad told me my whole life, like, don't go into the restaurant business. Yeah, right. He told my brother and I both over yeah. and over and over, and we both did it. Um, <laughs> so there, there was no stopping us. Yeah. When it's, when, when, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but so, but I just always loved pizza from a young age. Um, and I, you know, remember it was my seventh birthday and going into a family friend's pizzeria in Kings beach and he brought me into the kitchen and let me make my own pizza that day. And like, it, you know, that's like the root of my pizza love um, stems back to my seventh birthday. Wow. And so when I, you know, when I walked into, there was something that drew me in to the pizzeria that day when I went to go get a job. And that was it, the nostalgia and the love for pizza that I've always had. And you've been making them ever since. Um, huh? And yeah, it's 25 years ago. I've been making pizzas ever since. But then at some point along the way, you must have got something must have happened to make you get into it in a serious way, because yeah. all of a sudden I'm, you're, I'm seeing you winning competitions and in magazines and all sorts of stuff's going on for you. And part of that was, um, you know, a push from um, from my boss at the time. Uh, I was working for a company called Pizza My Heart. And, you know, we always used to go to Pizza Expo. And at some point, Chuck was watching these competitions and said, hey, we got to enter. You you should go. You got to do this, you know. And so yeah. and so I did. That's how it's happened for quite a number of people. Is like <laughs> you know, wait a second, you know, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, and I always found the competitions like a great place to learn. Yeah. Um, the amount of talent in that competition area every year in Las Vegas is just astronomical. Yeah. And and if you just hang out, shut up, and listen. Like you can learn a lot just just being around there, just absorbing and watching what people are doing and listening and asking a question here and there. That's true. Um, I mean, you don't even have to go to the workshops. You're just walking the floor at the Pizza Expo. You're going to just pick up stuff left and right by osmosis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't know. I just it was one of those things. I just loved what I did and mm -hmm. I loved the company I worked for. I love the people I worked with and just stayed in the industry and stayed in the business. When you went to the expo in the early days, did you used to go to some of the, the workshops and classes too? Did you, did you, uh, or, or try to pick people's brains uh, about anything technique? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely pick people's brains, but it was mostly, like I said, in the competition area, we did a couple seminars here and there. So, um, Pizza My Heart would used to bring a huge group. They would bring all the general managers. So it, oh. it started as two restaurants and then slowly built. Um, now I think there's 25 just in the Bay Area. Well, where, is that based oh. in, in San Francisco? Where was it? Where no, Santa it? Cruz. Oh, oh, Santa Cruz. Yeah, okay. Santa Cruz was the original. Santa Cruz Capitola Village, the original oh, okay. um, uh, restaurants. Uh, but, you know, so the Chuck, the owner, would bring all the managers 
Um, and we would have kind of like internal competitions. We'd team up, you know, there was always like who can find the best new idea out uh-huh. on the show floor. Um, so it was really like, he'd bring us to inspire everyone and to see what's new and to get fresh ideas. And, That's and a, that was a smart move. Oh, it was a really smart move. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was really incredible. I mean, there was times when we, you know, we'd go and like my first one, I think was in 2000 and 2002 or 2001. Wow. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So you were a kid then. <laughs> I have I mean, I haven't missed one since. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, the I mean, you know, the COVID year when when there wasn't one, but I've yeah, you know, I've gone. And we, did, we didn't start competing until around two thousand eight or so. But well, that's what I was going to ask you. Yes, so in a sense, you were you were having internal competition and had your own mini pizza expo at at Pizza My Heart. Yeah, and, uh, and kind of were were, were cultivating uh, creativity and and competition, and then you were ready for for the stage when, when it finally happened. So uh, what, what would you recall when it was you kind of won or made your first notable uh, entry at one of the competitions? Um, in Vegas specifically, I think was two weeks. I, I want to say maybe 2010. I, I kind of I won the division um, like the, cause it used to be broken up. Now yeah. they just do like, one, two, three, four, five, like top five. Yeah. Like but they had lots of different categories. Yeah. It used to be like there were division winners from whatever part of the world you were from. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So there was like, they broke up the U S and the three or four, there was, you know, an international, the international was broken into I think two parts. Um, and then it was broken down by like non-traditional or traditional. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, the, you know, the, it took me a couple of competitions to, to figure it out, you know, and yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it, it figure it out the execution part and, and how you get to the competition with all your gear and do all your prep and all of that. But it, I think it was 2010, maybe that we, we kind of won, I won the division that I was in and that just from there was like, okay, I got to keep, I got to keep doing this. Well, Along that way, you obviously you met a lot of great pizza makers. You you met a lot of people from around the world. Uh, are, were there any people that that made an impression on you that were inspirational for you or helped you uh, sort of uh, chart out your own path? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the yes, absolutely. Like there were people who I would watch and I would see, and like this, you know, this person's incredible and. Um, Brian Spangler being one. Oh yeah. You know, oh, Brian's a regular on um, pizza goes. He's one of, we call him a, one of our pizza Yodis. You know, he, I, he, didn't, he didn't know who I was for years. I'm sure we know each other now, but like, you know, I would, I would see what he was doing and he wasn't always like a pizza expo guy, but I would, you know, I knew right. about a pizza shoals and I knew about, you know, watching that, yes. watching what he's doing. And, um, but really my biggest inspiration kind of came within the, internally within the company. Um, that's, a, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, there were some people too, that I like didn't necessarily know who they were. Some of the Italian guys and we would um, just kind of like 
stand back and kind of watch what they were doing. And I I didn't really know any of them and never really introduced myself to them. I was a little bit intimidated, but I know the, the, the the crew from Italy that would come over, they, they had a different kind of gravitas about them. I mean, you kind of just, just by virtue of being Italian and maybe not speaking any English at all, it gave them the sort of extra, uh, I don't know, aura about them. We automatically believe that they must know what they're doing. Yeah. And they were doing <laughs> no, exactly. pretty good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was the kind of the one like form of pizza that I hadn't really studied or delved into was like that true Neapolitan and, and yeah. trying to watch and learn how they make the sauce and um and how they, you know, their different techniques for pushing out and opening up the dough. Um and just kind of watching all that stuff happen. So, so you really were kind of paying your dues by being there and watching. Uh, when, when did you did when did you finally get to like work in a wood fired oven? Was that because that wasn't Ooh. probably happening at the beginning for you? No, yeah, because we were cooking. You know, the, I was cooking in Baker's gas ovens, Baker's Prides, Montagues, that sort of thing. Like like Brian Spangler. <laughs> yeah, for a, a majority of the time. But you know, I don't think I really got into. Actually, I know what it is. Uh, the first time it was about 2014 is really when I started learning about wood fire cooking. And that was because um, I had been invited with the U.S. pizza team to go compete in Italy. Uh, and I was like, OK, like, I don't know what, <clears throat> you know, everybody was like, oh, yeah, it's all wood fire ovens over there. So I'm like, well, OK, I got to like I got to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a good friend of mine, um, Frank Giovanni, has a wood fire oven in his backyard and invited uh, my buddy Tim and I to um, go to his house and spend the day cooking and learning how to operate the wood fire oven. Um, so that was that was kind of my first. And I'd, I'd seen him here and there and yeah. like played with him a little bit, but I really didn't know the nuances of operating and maintaining the fire, maintaining the heat and how to properly cook in a wood fire oven until, um, until that day. Well, moving into that Neapolitan sort of direction for a little while, it's not part of what your, your pizzeria even today is, but, uh, it added another piece of the puzzle for you. Uh, how would you say it's sort of shaped your own vision for what is, what is pizza Lea? You know, what is, what is, <laughs> so it's a, what is the, the distinguishing characteristic of, of Leah's pizza that is now called Pizzeria Leah or Pizza Leah. Yeah. What would it be? You know, I would say like more, more New York influence than Neapolitan. I, I really wanted to learn everything I could about all the different styles of pizza. Um, I love wood fire ovens and I love working a wood fire oven, but it's not necessarily my favorite style of pizza to eat. Yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. And um, it isn't for everybody in this country. It came yeah. on with it came on with a bang, and yeah. it sort of plateaued. And some people are doing phenomenal work, and we're we're experiencing Italy, Naples quality pizza here for the first time. But it's still not; it hasn't won America over. I think Americans still love what we call, you know, pizza americano. Yeah, and it's it's hard to find someone around that's doing true Neapolitan pizzas as well. Um, but, you know, I, I love, so I cook on, um, today in my restaurant, I have um, electric uh, deck ovens. I have the uh-huh. Capone. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, good. Which I really love. And I love that it's versatile in terms of the temperature. Um, yeah. You know, gas ovens were so much of managing the oven to make sure the bottom is always 
hot and always cooking. Then the deck is is up to temperature. With these uh, controls that these that the electric ovens have right now, like there's never a problem with the deck cooling down. So that's a big part of the technique is just having control over that. You know what I'd like to do is let's take a little break here because uh, we're halfway through our okay. allotted time. And I want to we'll take a break. But I want to we come back. I want to delve more deeply into, you know, what is Pizza Leah? Uh, yeah. What makes it your pizza? Because uh, there were definitely choices when we ate there. You know, there were choices you made, whether it was the sauce, the cheeses, the, the, the various types of pizzas that you do. I want to hear more about that and, and how that is evolving and shaping up for you. So, okay. we're, so join us back in part two with our interview with Leah Skirto, who's coming to us from Windsor, California. Uh, we're going to hear about Pizza Leah and uh, and where. Well, we, we sort of have come to how it got here. Now we're going to find out where it's going. We'll be back in part two with with Leah. Stick around for more Pizza Quest after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca helping you to plan your next getaway. Ithaca has waterfalls and wineries, art and theater, outdoor recreation, and family fun. The area is famous for its glacier-carved gorges, co-op-run businesses, and cultural influences from Cornell University and Ithaca College. The area is well-known for its local cideries, which are leading the way in America's cider revival. You can hear from the region's cider makers directly on HRN series Hardcore. There is something really special about Ithaca's climate for cultivating delicious apples steeped in history and terroir. The second season of Hardcore is out now. You can learn all about apples and fermentation and dive into how cider makers and their communities are working to create an equitable industry and one that is resilient to climate change. Listen to Hardcore on your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. HRN is dedicated to amplifying voices from all across our food system. Today, I'm asking listeners to take part in our summer membership drive by helping sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, you can receive some great HRN swag, including the HRN cap, wine carrier, or a special spice set from Burlap and Barrel. By becoming a member, you'll play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to Pizza Quest. I'm Peter Reinhardt with Leah Skirto today coming to us from Windsor, California, which I'm going to situate this again for those who aren't clear about this. It's if you know Sonoma County, the wine, I'd say the premier wine county of of California, of the, of the United States, uh, even though the folks from Napa will disagree. But having lived in Sonoma <laughs> County, I will say Sonoma wins. Uh, and it's somewhere kind of in between the Russian River and the Alexander Valley, which is are two very important regions within Sonoma County. And right in the middle of all that, there is Windsor, which uh, is sort of a crossroads of, of to everything. And uh, for those who may have been there as youths, you may recall the Windsor Waterworks that we were discussing <laughs> earlier today. They're not there anymore, are they, Leah? No, it's been gone for a while. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, but anyway, time marches on. And uh, instead, we now have a, a beautiful little 
uh, town center of Windsor with a wonderful pizzeria called Pizzeria that is generating a lot of buzz. So um, uh, I wanted to ask you before we talk a little bit about your pizzas is, you know, you got to travel, you mentioned to, you know, going over to Italy with the team. So you must have connected with some of the team members. Um, and uh, are there any, you know, were there any sort of connections that you made that that were noteworthy and memorable? There, there a lot of women are now becoming major players, which is a big change in the pizza community. Oh, uh, yeah. So how did that work for you? Um, you know, it's it's great. Uh, it, this last time in Italy, uh, just this last April, um, you know, there's two separate pizza teams, uh, but all the women from both teams that were there, uh, we all got together and uh, went out a couple of different times for to have an apérol spritz and some <laughs> and some snacks and just connect and be be together in Italy, um, which was really amazing. That was uh, Nicole Bean, Laura Meyer, yeah, uh, Christina Smith. Um, I think was there anybody? I think that was it. There was I think there was just the four of us. What about I'm trying, what about the, the the woman from New York uh, from Queens? Um, uh, Nicole, was she the part? Was she there? Was she on either of the teams? N- no, that was not. Um, I think she was in Naples a couple years. Yeah, couple I, years I'm not back, sure that she's just, actually competed. I think she's just gone along as you know for for as part of the, sort of the observation team or whatever. Yeah, uh, Nicole Russell. I'm looking at some of the ones who who are you know featured in the book. I'm hoping uh-huh. that I'm, I'm getting ready to have a conversation with my publisher. We're hoping to have a Pizza Quest volume two. And, and one of the criteria, uh, Chris, when I was working on this book, you were just getting up and running at Pizza Leah. So you and we hadn't had you on the show yet. So you're not in this book. But if we get volume two going, then I definitely want to feature you, you know, you and one of your pizzas in in the next volume of Pizza Quest. But, that would be uh, amazing. But there are quite, quite a number of uh, uh, of, I would say, important women now, you know, the women, women as a, as a category, women, pizza, pizzaiolas are becoming an important influencer category within the pizza world. Um, so we have uh, in, in, people like uh, Nicole Russell, who, who has uh, uh, her pizza in, in the book is called, um, I just had it here. The, uh, the kiss me converse. It's a, a jerk chicken pizza. Uh, that sort of attributed to her Jamaican roots, and uh, and then we had um, Audrey Audrey uh, Sherman or Audrey Kelly. Oh, she's uh, great. Yeah, and, and so she was on one of the teams. So I didn't realize that there were two different teams. How did that work with having two teams? Were they were they sponsored by different groups or what? Yeah, basically, um, everybody. Some of the sponsors are the same. They cross over for sure, but. Listen, it's, it's one big, it's one big happy pizza family. (laughs) Ultimately, like there's no like, Oh, I can't hang out with you or I can't do this. It's like, especially when we're in Italy, we're all, we're all the Americans in Italy. Yeah. 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 Um, But but we've, we cross those lines. It's, you know, it's an affiliation. It's a, it's a great way to promote your business. It's a great marketing tool being on these teams. It's a great way to be able to travel, to compete, yeah. Um, but we, you know, we all have a great time together no matter what. So and then you get to see what's going on internationally too. So that yeah. influences what you're doing. Uh, hopefully gives you, bring you come back with new ideas as well. Um, so, which, which brings us back to pizza Leah, which, you know, in which you feature a, a number of different styles. Can you talk a little bit about, I mentioned earlier, you know, your, your, your classic sort of New York style 
sauce and cheese pizza, which was just yeah, you know, wonderful. I like to call it New York inspired with a California uh -huh. twist. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know, so I try to use um, as many California products as possible, which is really easy to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a central milling just down the road. So I use central milling flour. Um, we got uh, Bianco di Napoli in the Central Valley. I love to use the Bianco di Napoli tomatoes. Um, I use the Corto olive oil for my dough. So it's, you know, my dough is pretty California when it comes yeah, to the ingredients. I, we had the folks from the Corto olive oil team on the, on the show and I was blown away. I had no idea that they had gone so deep and all in on olive oil and had in a sense almost revolutionized the farming methods and the techniques for extracting the oil uh, in a way that uh, might be changing the whole, you know, nature of the game. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I've been, I've been on their tour that they oh, do. That, we want to do that. We definitely want to oh, do it's, that. Yeah. It's amazing. And they like, I mean, you know, it's the Corto family They're in the, so they. The Corto Posse's they Yeah. They're the yeah, Stanislaus Stanislaus tomato family. Exactly. Um, so they, they really put on a good, um, a nice spread when they bring you up there, you know, you stay, oh, awesome. stay a couple of nights in a hotel and you do the tomatoes and you go to the olive fields and you go to the processing plants. It's really quite amazing. Um, it, but it's gotta be fun. Yeah, it's great. But so with the pizza and the reason I served you basically like just a plain cheese pizza first is because that's what, when I go to a new place, that's what I always, yeah. I first. Yeah. Um, because you, you can't hide the dough sauce and cheese. Yeah. You know, you have, and I use, I always use California cheese as well. Um, really? Yeah. That's, and yeah. you know, nothing, you know, grande stuff like that, Wisconsin cheese. It's great. Yeah. We're in the land of milk and honey here. That's right. right? That's we got right. our own cows. We got yeah, our yeah. own cheese. We have our own dairy and I mean, why be in California if you're not going to use the plentifulness that you have there? Exactly. And I would, you know, I would say it's, it's just as high, it's just as good quality. It's great. Yeah. Um, I, so I like to, you know, showcase with that plain cheese pizza, just how good the ingredients are. And then you can start throwing stuff on top of it and elevating, elevating it from there. Yeah. But if you're, exactly. if you're not using good cheese sauce and your dough's not good, then you're, you know, your pizza is not going to be. Great so you, meant, you mentioned that you use, uh, you'd like to use the Bianco di Napoli sauce. Is that the sauce that we used on that pizza? Or, or, is, do you yeah. use that on all your pizzas or do you have other, other sauces that you use or other products, tomato products that I you work in? Other tomato products for like, I use Stanislaw for my meatballs. And when I'm making um, the marinara sauce for the meatballs. Those were good meatballs, by the way. I had, oh, I, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I use Stanislaus for those. And I use Bianco on the pizzas. I see. And uh, and then your cheeses come mostly from California style cheeses or low, you know, California made cheeses. Yeah. Um, I do have some import. Like I ha I, you know, I use a, a, a sheep pecorino from Italy. I use a Reggiano for a finishing cheese. But I, you know, I buy definitely buy local um, some stuff from Valley Ford, uh, Cowgirl Creamery, Point Rez. Um, you know, I mean, we got, we got so many great Vela yeah. cheese factory in Sonoma. Like I, I used to love taking, going to Vela and just going to their tasting room and just eating that dry Jack uh -huh. like all day. You know? It's great. The mezzo secco is almost like a Parmesan texture. Yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, well, it's it's so nice to have all that there. Uh, and what what other kinds of pizzas then are you creating? I, mean, I remember one of the ones you served was a like a grandma style or a square pizza. Yeah. So I just I just call it a, a pan pie, um, mm-hmm. kind of general because it's it's not necessarily traditional to any one um, style. I I love a grandma pizza. What I love about the grandma pizza is kind of is that fried crispy bottom that yes. the grandmas get. Yes. So I oil my pans pretty heavily to get that beautiful, like crispy fried bottom. Yeah. But then I let them rise in, in the pan and do a par cook um, so that they, they're like, you know, maybe three quarters to an inch thick. Uh-huh. So they uh-huh. should get that um, more of that airy fluffiness that you get from a Sicilian, but with that fried bottom that of a, of a grandma. Is that a popular uh, pie at the at the restaurant? It is. It's a, it's actually and, and if I could make more of them, you know, they're very time consuming and they take up a lot of space. So I actually make a limited number of those every day, and we sell out most days. Of yeah, it probably makes them even more valuable because there's yeah. only so many. I get uh, people calling up at like eleven eleven thirty, like right when we open and reserving them for dinner time. Really? How nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you create this sort of the demand, the supply and demand uh, challenge there for folks, which is great. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So I remember we had that one and we loved that. And then uh, there was, there were a couple other interesting uh, sort of creative topped pizzas yeah, as well. You, I try to use, um, especially with all my specials, uh, local produce and small farms, Right now I'm running a peach special that oh. I'm getting the dry Creek peaches and I don't, uh, you're familiar with dry Creek peach. Well, the, as I, I don't remember when I lived up there, I probably ate them without, but back then we, 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 did, we didn't think of that there was something special about them because they were just there, you know? Yeah. But, so one of their things is, you know, Alice waters has been known to call her, her, one of her, her final meals, would be a, a last chance peach from Dry Creek. So that's the one. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a small artisanal farm. It's one of the only dedicated peach farms left in Northern California, um, and the fruit just is in, in, incredible that comes off of there. Uh, are they're not the farm, are they? That have um, a little cafe in the um, in the uh, ferry terminal building down no. in. Uh, because there's another another famous peach farm there that uh, and I had one of their peaches that that uh, Alice had also raved about and also uh, uh, Jeffrey Steingarten had written about in in uh, one of his books yeah. as the and and that's where I first met Tony Gemignani as we met there for the first time for coffee and there were peaches there was just peach season and yeah. we each had a peach and we both took a bite of the peach and just looked at each other and went is this the first time we've ever had a real peach or what? You know, it was like <laughs> the peachness of it just came out. I mean, and, and I was, and, and then he's got a peach pizza featured in the, in the beach quest book. And, oh, he, really? and he, and he tells that story of meeting there and having that peach and how, how much it influenced them, how much, what an impact it made on him. It's t- tasting a peach. And I think the dry Creek peaches are, you know, in that same, in that same ballpark. Yeah. Where, where they, suddenly have you realize, on, they have a quote on the wall from John Ash as well. If you, no, when you go out to their farm stand, Nice. Yeah. So is Dry Creek, is it right there in Healdsburg or where are they looking? Yeah, it's in Healdsburg, Dry Creek Road, Dry Creek Valley. I mean, it's nothing See, but vineyards. And then there's I'm, 
I missed the opportunity when I lived out there to take advantage of that one. I, I didn't I didn't grab it when I could. Uh, so so this is the time of year. It's seasonal. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're doing some seasonal pizzas. Uh, a lot of places have gotten into peach pizzas. This is, seems to be a trend that I noticed when I was putting this book together. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think when people were sending the recipes into me for the book, it was summertime. So we we probably have three oh, or yeah. four peach, peach influenced pizzas in the book. Uh, a lot of corn pizzas. Are you doing anything with corn? No, I haven't done um, a corn. I'm I'm more of a fruit summertime fruit pizza uh-huh. maker. So uh, how do you figs well, are how do you, too, um, and how do you how do you combine your peach? You know, what do you ma- marry your peaches with uh, on the pizza to to bring out the best? So right now I'm I'm doing peaches, jalapenos, ricotta, um, mm. heavy cream, and a. Wow. In a, a balsamic uh, balsamic reduction. Sweet, um, that's nice. I'll probably do a part two in a couple of weeks, um, and I want to do something with uh, like a local um, kind of smoked ham, um, mm. and maybe some candied walnuts. Something nice. I haven't quite I haven't quite put that one together in my head yet. But peaches, walnuts, pork, peaches and pork. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. So where do you get your ideas for, for how to combine ingredients? Is, is it just years of experience? Is, it, is there something that kind of triggers a uh, uh, an idea? I really love um, flavor pairings and um, in hitting like all the different notes or as many notes as I can on a pizza, um, sweet and spicy uh, you know, meaty and, and, you know, acidic was, you know, I love putting pick finishing with like a pickled onion or pickled stuff. Um, so I just, in my head, I'm like, what do I want to build around? And I, whether it's a vegetable or a fruit, and then I say, okay, now how do I, how do I make this shine? How do I elevate it? What complements it? And that's, and kind of just build, build from there. Like I figure out first what I want to start with, and what uh-huh. I want to feature, and then I and then I build around it. Yeah, it's interesting because in the old days, you know, pizzas were pizzas, and there was sort of the standard the standard repertoire of you know pizzas with you know whether it's sausage or it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, but nobody really thought about it from a standpoint of a flavor, being a flavorist, you know, and yeah. and and that's really been a big change in the last few years. Is is people thinking? about about the acid salt fat mm-hmm. heat you know how those things work together to create a synergy balance of flavors too you know it's all what complements and balances each yes. other yeah exactly so so you know suddenly pizza makers are not just you know pizza makers they they are cooks that yeah. are delivering flavor and that's what of course well, why pizza is the best, most popular food in the world is it's a perfect flavor delivery system but now people are doing it consciously yeah. and it seems like that's kind of like in your own evolution of as a pizza maker you become very conscious of how to compose mm-hmm. your palate your you know when I say palate meaning the way an artist thinks of a palate not just not just the palate of our mouth no i i totally agree and i always actually refer to um my menu is like, instead of like the specialty pies, more of like the composed pizzas. Ah, ah, that's good. You know, and, and I, um, originally when I first started like getting creative and competing and stuff like that, part of it was like, how can I take my favorite dish and recreate it 
onto a pizza. Uh uh Um, So that's, that was kind of like where I started and just like, what's my favorite dish and and how how am I going to get it and deconstruct it and put it on a pizza. And then from there, I, you know, I built, I I went to um, a little, I took some culinary school classes just for fun back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I never finished the program, but it was, it was a lot of fun taking classes while I, while I could. Um, and so I feel like it gave me like a, a good, like background and basis for, for learning about how to flavor pair and, and, and matching. Excellent. So yeah, it brought a little bit of the, the chef thinking yeah. into your work. Yeah. Just enough to make you dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the most successful chefs in the, in this country were culinary school dropouts, by the way. So, so you know, yeah. uh, I, I taught for five <laughs> years. That, the, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I taught at the California Culinary Academy for five years when I lived in, in the Bay Area. And uh, one of our most famous, they used to brag that one of the most fav, uh, famous students was Charlie Trotter, who was, you know, world famous chef. Uh, but yeah. what they never used to say is, but Charlie Trotter dropped out after a few months of the school. <laughs> and he said, I, I got enough. I'm going to go and do it myself. Now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, this culinary school, it was the first time I went in and just started. I mean, I, you know, I went to a good college and all that, but it was the yeah. first time I w- went to a, into a classroom and was just 100% fully engaged and loved it. That, yeah, well, it's, it is wonderful to be around people who can articulate, you know, the science and the craft and the art and put it all together in a way that helps us further our own game. And yeah. I'm glad you got a chance to do that. Uh, where do you see it going? I mean, uh, you know, so uh, Pizza Lee has been uh, evolving for a couple of years. You've obviously learned some things on the ground, you know, the the, the hard le- hard learned lessons. Yeah. Uh, what's next for Pizza Lee? You know, I, I think about opening another restaurant, you know, originally I had wanted to be more of a dine-in restaurant and, um, COVID kind of changed that. So we're, we're still pretty heavy takeout. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think in my head, I'd love to, you know, pizza Leah, I got all these ideas, pizza Leah squared, (laughs) with the two, it's a number two, but maybe it's just focused on, um, on pan pies of some sort, um, you know, maybe a, f- a full service dine-in where I can explore the culinary side a little bit more and have a full kitchen. I only have pizza ovens right now. We cook a lot in the pizza oven and I yes. have a reception burner, yeah. um, but you know, I'd love to have a full grill and fryers and, and all sorts of stuff to be able to make well, more than just pizza at some point. Maybe. I, I think that with your creativity, you know, the, the, the pizza Leah is a launching pad for opportunities for you to, you know, in the next phase of your career, because, you know, you're still young enough to have a couple more phases ahead of you, you know, I can <laughs> I see you so. expanding, you know, and saying, okay, you know, I'm going to now build on what I have and do some other things. But the one thing that, and I want to say this before we run out of time is I was very impressed with your team when I was there that day, your servers, your, you know, the, the, the folks behind the counter, they're making the pieces and cook. I mean, everybody was focused, uh, um, uh, what's the word respectful, you know, conscientious. uh, uh, And I think that's the biggest challenge for anybody who wants to expand into the next phase of their development is finding people that can express and, and represent your ethic and your yeah. and your vision and it looks like you've started with a good team there and i hope you can continue to find people like that me too i mean listen my staff 
is the best. And they're, they're the backbone of the whole operation. Like none of this, I can be the best pizza maker in the world and none of it works without my staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I give my staff a ton of credit. Um, and some of my, my cooks back there have been making pizza as long as I have, mm-hmm. you know, they, the, these guys are the guys in the kitchen, the girls up front, like everybody is just awesome. And this, listen, it wasn't by design. I didn't set out to hire an all female front of house staff, but that's what I ended up with. And I, and I love it. And there it's like, we're a little family, you know, and I, I really so appreciate all do of you it. have any, uh, any women working in the back, working on the pizza ovens. Yeah, I have one. Oh, well, Besides yourself. So all of my managers can run ovens. Uh-huh. Um, I have one cook, like full-time cook, Rosie, and she cooks circles around the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and they know it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nobody messes with Rosie. Well, well, the next time we, we have you on, when we get when we come back and, and, and visit sort of uh, Pizza Leah Squared in round two, you know, <laughs> we, we want to we'll, we'll catch up with some of the, the 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 ongoing evolution and growth, you know, of what you're doing, of your vision, because I have a feeling that there's a lot still to come that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of what you're capable of doing and what you're going to do and the contributions you're going to make. So congratulations, first of all, on you, g- getting off to a great start and, and, and helping to elevate the town of Windsor, uh, <laughs> you know, and add something to it, to an already wonderful, you know, area and, uh, and to make your mark there. And, you know, we're going to be tr- tracking you along the way, of course, seeing you at the various pizza shows and places where we have a chance to cross, you know, in person, but we want to thank you so much for coming on and, and bringing us up to date on what you're doing and just best of success going forward, Leah. Thanks for having me, Peter. I really appreciate it. It's been nice to talk to you. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much. And folks, join us again on the next episode of Pizza Quest, where, as you hear today, where we love to meet with people and talk to people who have a fire burning in their belly, who are on a quest of their own to, you know, to, well, I say, in search of the the journey of self-discovery through pizza. So Leah, thank you so much for, for all you're doing. And we will see you all next episode of Pizza Quest. Thanks, Peter. Pizza Quest with Peter Reinhardt is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.